This week's parsha is Parsha's Tazria, and this week's parsha and next week's parsha together are going to be discussing, of course, the halachas of Mitzayra. Mitzayra uh, Tsaras is related to uh, Lashon Hara. Maitzi Shemra Chazal tell us that the word Mitzayra itself is a contraction of Maitzi Shemra, and so. It's uh, traditional that these, uh, these weeks we discuss the, the important uh, prohibition of uh, Lashon Hara and Rechilos and, uh, and try to uh, come to terms with uh, why it's so bad and what we could do to, uh, to remedy it. Fascinating Medrash in Vayikar Rabbah Perak Tezayin. It, there's a similar Gemara, just parenthetically, in Avedizara Yotesim Abiz. And the Medrash says as follows, Maisa B'Reichel Echad. There was a story told about a Reichel Echad. A Reichel is a peddler. Somebody that goes and uh, sells his wares uh, from town to town, different people's uh, marketplaces, or even making house calls sometimes. That's called a reichel. His location, his domain of, uh, of selling was near the city of Tsipairi, and he would go around and make the rounds throughout the little hamlets, the little villages surrounding Tsipairi. Uh, that is where he would be selling his particular wares. What did he sell? The Medrash says that he used to proclaim, declare, and say, Man Who wants to buy the potion of life? Potion of life, something that everybody wants. People want to live. As much as people complain that uh, they don't want to live, but you see how much they do want to live. And that when, uh, when people are very ill, they'll do anything that they can to, uh, to find some experimental drug, pay hundreds of thousands of dollars if need be, just to live a little bit longer. So everybody wants life. Everybody wants to find the potion of life. So this salesman claimed to have the Samachayim. He had the ability to give you something that would give you Arichas Yomim. And everybody was clamoring for it. The people around, they were all, he screamed out, who wants Samachayim? And all of a sudden, everybody was um, coalescing around him. Nobody wanted to buy anymore. The other guy's shmatis, the other guy's perfume, the other guy's uh, uh, tissues. Everybody just wanted to, uh, to get what he had. They converged around his particular spot in the marketplace and they were given cash and credit cards. Everybody wanted to buy the Samachayim. Now Rabbi Yanai have a Yosef Upasha Latarkaline. Rabbi apparently had a home right next to the marketplace and he was learning by a window that overlooked this particular area where this Reichel was screaming, who wants to buy what I'm selling? Who wants to buy my Samachayim? 
So Rabbi Yanai was in the middle of learning, but he apparently heard this Reichel speaking, Omar Lay, and he looks out the window and he says to the Reichel, Tahacha, come here, I want to speak to you about something. Saklahacha Zabinli. And then he says, what do you want? He says, I want you to sell me what you're selling. I, 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 want, I want to buy what you're, what you're hawking. Come up to my, to my base medrash here and, and we'll do some business together. Amalei, so the Reichel says, No, 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 no. You don't need it. You're good. You don't need what I'm selling. This is not for you. This is just for other people. It's not for you. When somebody says that to you, what do you want? What, do you, what are you thinking? When somebody says, no, 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 we're not selling. This is not for you. Uh, it's just for other people. You want it even worse, right? You want it even badly or that, you know, I want it. If you're telling me that I can't have it, if I could have it, no, everybody could have it. But if you're telling me that it's restricted, it's not for me, and now everybody wants it. So if Yanni says, no, 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 give it to me. Give me the goods. Atrach alei salak legabei. So then this Reichel went up to the base Medrash, to the house of Rabbi Yanni, and he says, no, Sell me it. I want to buy the Samachayim. I need the Samachayim. I want to rechas yamim. Tell me what I have to do for it. How much does it cost? Hoytzi lay sefer tehillim. So this Reichel took out a sefer tehillim. Instead of taking out of his briefcase some potion, some snake oil, he simply took out a sefer tehillim, a book of tehillim. The Heralai Pasuk. And he shows him the following Pasuk. Pasuk that we say every Pesuk de Zimra on Shabbos morning, on Yantif morning, Mi ha'ish ha'chafetz chayim. Who is the man who desires life? Chafetz chayim means to desire life. Ayev yamim lirais taif, who loves days to see good. He wants more days. He wants to have more good days in his life. Who is such a person that earns that, that deserves that? That's an open question that David HaMelech asks. And Rav Yane is, no, what's the answer? I want, I want life. He says, you have to look at the next Pasuk. Maksid Basrei, what does it say? After that, Nitzar l'shaincha meira usfasecha medaber mirma. You have to guard your tongue from speaking evil, when you want to speak evil, when you have a desire to say something negative, to say something bad, to say something really uh, potentially damaging to another human being, you have to stop yourself. You have to guard your lips. You have to guard your tongue from speaking evil. And your lips from speaking words of deception. And that's what the Reichel said to Rav Yanai. What was Rav Yanai's reaction to this? Amar Rav Yanai, Kol Hayisi Hamikra I was saying this past like all the time. Rav Yanai probably said to him every single day of his life. Maybe more than once. And he says, all of my life I was saying this but I didn't understand how simple it was. I, I missed the whole point of the puzzle. I was rattling it off. I was davening it up 
I didn't understand what the Pasuk was really saying. Until this peasant, this, not a peasant, a peddler, but a simple peddler came and explained it to me and demonstrated the power of this Pasuk, the message that's contained in this Pasuk that's so ubiquitous. We say it so often and we sing it, there are songs, and, but I didn't realize the simplicity of this Pasuk and how directly it it's messaging each and every one of us. I didn't have that, says Rabbiani, until this Reichel came and opened my eyes and allowed me to really savor the words of David HaMelech. That's the end of the Medrash. And there are a lot of Mepharshim that try to understand what exactly the Medrash is saying, what's the message to us, what was Rabbiani what was the Reichel's point? What was Rav Yanei's reaction to the Reichel? And what's the takeaway? I wanted to suggest perhaps a, a new Mahalach in explaining it a little bit. And I think it's very Negea for all of us um, to hear. There's a Pasuk in Sefer Kedoshim, in Parsha's Kedoshim. The Parsha speaks about an iser of leiselech Rachel ba'mecha. You shouldn't have a peddler. That same word, Rachel. Don't allow him to go around your your camp. Don't don't allow him to go in your nation. What does that mean? You can't have a guy selling his wares. So Rashi, of course, explains that we're talking about a mesaper lashinhara or achilas. Don't allow a Rachel as a gossip monger. Don't allow a, somebody that's a purveyor, a seller of gossip, of Lashon Hara, of Rechilos. Rechilos is related to the word Rechel. Don't allow him to go amongst you. Now, why do we call somebody that speaks Lashon Hara, somebody that gossips, why are we calling him a Rechel? Why is he a, a peddler? Why is he a merchant? Why is he somebody that, uh, that sells things? Because he's very similar to a salesman. He goes to his friends' houses, his villages, to peddle his wares. But what's he peddling? He's not selling his perfumes, he's selling his, his Lashon Hara. A Reichel, somebody that speaks Lashon Hara, is very similar to a peddler. Because I'm not really interested in hearing Lashon Hara. If you ask me, do you want to hear Lashon Hara? I'm going to say, no, I don't want to hear Don't, don't tell me on your Lashon Hara. I know it's very usher. I know the Chavitz Chaim was very against it. I know the Torah is very against it. I don't want to hear Lashon Hara. But yet you come over to me and you try to tell me Lashon Hara. You try to tell me something that Pliny did. Now, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want, I'm really Michael hearing Lashon Hara. But yet, you figure out a way to tell it to me. In other words, you're like a, a salesman selling your bad schaira to me. I don't want to buy it. Now, the objective of every merchant, of every peddler is to figure out a way uh, to market his goods, to make it tantalizing enough that even if I don't need it, I'm gonna, I want to buy it. Right? That's what a salesperson does. That's what advertising is all about. Whoever's taking courses in marketing... I was a marketing major. I tell everyone that tells me that they, are, they majored in marketing that someday you could be a mashkiach in a yeshiva. 
Because that's what, uh, you know, and, and the truth is that it, it does involve a certain degree of marketing. Everything in life is marketing. Everything is sales. You just have to know what you're selling. You have to sell sometimes uh, Tyra, Musser, Tafiyami, whatever it is that you're trying to sell. You got to, you know, anything. You have to always sell. That's what life is all about. You have to convince people to buy what you're selling. So a Baalash and Hara is really a Reichel because he's figuring out ways to get you lured into his trap. He wants to speak Lashon Hara to you. He wants to spread the gossip. But people aren't necessarily buying it so easily. So I have to build a better mousetrap. I have to figure out a way to uh, sell something to you in a way that you might not naturally want it. But if I could lure you in, then I think I could get you to hear my Lashon Hara and to spread it yourself maybe. That's what a Baal Hara does. A Baal is a peddler of gossip. He's a gossip monger. He goes in and tries to tell people, even from people, not people that are co-misapri that's no, That's not a kunz. Everyone could do that. I could go to people that are always gossiping and tell them whatever I want to tell them. But a, a real kishmaka Baal Misapri wants to get people that are even from and very nizer and Lashon Hara and doesn't want to, no, 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 you want to hear this. Trust me, I got the goods. Come, listen to what I have to tell you. So a peddler really, by nature, a bad peddler, a peddler of Lashon Hara is using his marketing genius, his ability to sell something to the unsuspecting buyer in a way that's very tantalizing. The Chavitz Chaim, in fact, used to say that somebody that speaks Lashon Hara is like a... uh, a conniver. He's like, he used to be, uh, find a muscle to this of, let's say, uh, I, I'm walking in the city and I'm like a, a dishonest type of guy and I see that there is a guy walking on Main Street and he's new. He's clearly new. He's carrying a suitcase. He doesn't know where he is and he like, comes over to me, uh, excuse me, could you help me? You know, where's the shul? Where's the mikvah? Where's the, uh, where's the supermarket? And I help him a little bit and then I say, hey, you're probably hungry. You know, let's go to let's go out to eat together. And he's okay, great. You know, and I sound like I'm going to be treating. And I go and we go to a very fancy uh, restaurant together, and we're ordering everything on the menu. And then as soon as the bill comes, I say, "Excuse me, I just have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back." And then I slip out the back door, and I'm never seen again. The Chavetz Chaim says that's really what a misaper lashnar is. You're a conniver. Because it seems like, you know, wow, we're in this together. We're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're getting into the, into the deep gossip together. But at the end of the day, he's leaving you holding the bag. You're the one that's going to answer in Shemayim to why you were Makabalashanar, why you were discussing it, why you were dealing in it. And he's nowhere to be seen. He thinks, you think he's your friend. You think you're going to be uh, endearing yourself to him by listening to what he's peddling. But in fact, he's going to leave you holding the tab. He's going to scam you out of everything, out of your Elam Haza and your Elam Haba, because he's a Reichel, he's a, a deceptive merchant. He's selling you things that are really, really counterfeit and fraudulent. That's what a Mesaper Lashnar is. And you have to see about Mesaper Lashnar as being that. If somebody comes over to you, or you're you know, sitting in the dorm, or you're, you're, you're sitting uh, in the base medrash maybe, and somebody comes over to you and says to you, hey, did you hear what happened to Chaim? Did you hear what Chaim did? And you're like, you should say no. 
Because if you say what happened, and then he starts telling you, and it's you see that it's already uh, you know going into an area that's mamish lashonara or even suffic lashonara, so it's going to be very very bad for you. That's got your your mamish buying into what he's selling, and, and it's poisonous. He's selling you not just snake oil; he's selling you poison. So you have to run away from such a person, but you're getting lured into his trap, and that's what he wants. Now we know there's a rule in life that whatever you see in the Tzad Hara, you have to adopt and adapt to the Tzad HaTayv. Meaning, like for example, there's a famous vart by uh, Yaakov Avinu after he comes out of the house of love and he sends a message to, Yaakov, to Esau when they're about to have that famous encounter. He says to him, Im lovan garti, I, I, just beware, I was with love in all these years, I kept the tarag mitzvahs, and I didn't learn anything from his bad ways. So the simple shot in that Rashi, in that Chazal is that, you know, Baruch Hashem, I stayed pure, so be careful. I'm, don't, don't think that I was in any way tainted by Esau. I didn't learn anything from his bad. But some Svarim want to say that Yaakov you know, was in fact bemoaning the fact that he didn't learn from Esau, from, from Lovan's bad. What does it mean? He didn't want to learn from his bad. I should have picked up a lot of chachma, a lot of wisdom from seeing the deceptiveness of Lavan. I should be able to take that evil energy and really kosher it and use it for my own positive energy. There's a lot to be learned from the Tzad Hara in the world. You're not supposed to learn directly from it and, and take it in, but you can learn a lot of techniques in order to apply it to the Tzad kedusha. because there's a lot of Chachman marketing. There's a lot of Chachman what Gayim are doing, and you just have to learn how to, how to take that, harness all of that bad energy, and use the Tzad HaTayv, use the Tzad kedusha. As once... Uh, in a car, I was just, I think I was giving a lift to uh, an old Chaim Berliner, like a, a very close Talmud of Ravutner, who, uh, he was like, he's a master mechanic, he's still alive, he's an old man today, but he's, uh, you know, one of the real pioneers in Chinuch, and I asked him to tell me a few stories about Ravutner, and he told me a few great stories, all the stories of Ravutner are always interesting and, and funny and, uh, you know, very gishmak. But one thing he told me was that he asked Rav Hutner the following Chinuch-related question. You know, in the olden days, when I was growing up as a kid, so they had, let's say, uh, books on Mesecha Sukkah. Let's say you wanted to learn Mishnaya Sukkah, and you wanted to, you know, learn about what a Sukkah looks like, a Sukkah al-Gabe Agamol, if there's a Sukkah on top of a camel, or if there's a Sukkah that only has a certain amount of walls, or if there's a sukkah that's lamayla meserim ama, all the cases, all the many cases of uh, of mesecha sukkah. So you know, sometimes it's it's helpful to see what that looks like in a picture. So if you look back in the olden days, like the you know during the seventies, the eighties, those books were like so like um, primitive relative to what we have today. It was like mamish, like stick figures, 
and like pencil etchings of like a sukkah, but nothing professional. The guy didn't even use, use a ruler to draw a sukkah. It was just like sort of like a hand etching, like very, very primitive. And that's how we were taught as kids. If we were even given that as a graphical uh, demonstration of the sukkah, then it was very, very shvach. And in the meantime, video games were coming out during that kufa. You know, there was, uh, you know, uh, Space Invaders and, uh, you know, Atari, uh, you know, all the different types of, uh, of games that I think they're coming back again. You know, after all the fancier video games, you know, they come back to Asteroids and Space Invaders and, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, Tetris. So those were, but they were getting more and more advanced, but yet the... The Chinuch world was still mired in like these stick figures. And there was like a, an unfair balance almost of interest. Like, you know, we were looking at stick figures and then it, we came home and we were watching, you know, like really fancy graphics of, uh, you know, the brilliance of Hollywood and, and, and the, the video game industry and whatever. And it was like not even apples and, and oranges. It was like, you know, it was like uh, Corvettes and, uh, and a tricycle. It wasn't, you couldn't even compare it. So he asked Rav Hutner if there's anything wrong with like upping our game a little bit, like making the, the graphics that we're teaching children more geschmack, like making them color maybe, making them like 3D, making them like, like just really like juicing it up a little bit so that the kids are, 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 are taken in by it, that they're not looking at like, oh my gosh, I have to look at another stick figure, like... They want to see it. Is there anything wrong with that? Maybe it's a breach in the Messiah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's not appropriate. Maybe Tyra should be like more Bamelos. It shouldn't be as given over in such a, you know, beautiful, simple, obvious manner. It should be like they have to struggle a little bit. I don't know what the Shiloh was, but that's what, that was the question that was posed to Rav Huntner. And Rav Huntner's re- response to this question was brilliant. He says, let me ask you a question. Do people still, are there armies in the world that still fight with bows and arrows? Now that we have like a, a world that has atomic missiles, nuclear bombs, you have uh, AK-47s, you have Uzi machine guns, you have, uh, you know, surface-to-air missiles, is there an army that's going to come, you know, and fight like another army with bows and arrows? That's, no one does that. It's a, you have to fight fire with fire. You have to be able to be on, a, on an even playing field if you're going to fight a normal war. And of course, what Rav Hutner meant is that if the Tzadara is so advanced in technology and they're using this to lure kids into whatever they're being lured into, whether it's you know, to buy what they're selling, if it's to read their comic books, it's, if it's to, to watch their movies or their video games, then you better... If you're going to fight a war, mitzad the Yetzir Ataiv, the Yetzir Ataiv has to up his game. He has to basically be on a, at least somewhat of an even playing field with Yetzir or else the game is over. And that's exactly what I believe is going on here. If you see that there's a Reichel, that a peddler is really advanced in his, in his techniques of selling bad, which is what a Misapra Lashnara is, He's a Reichel that's really brilliant at capturing the imagination of somebody that is an unsuspecting person, but I know I want to get him to listen to my Lashonara and to be involved in the world of gossip. So I can't just say, hey, you want to hear Lashonara? That's not going to work. So I have to say, you're not going to believe what I just saw. And then you say, well, you know what? Forget it. It's not for you. No, no, no. I want to hear it. Tell me. Tell me. Mm, No, you're too from. No, no, no. I I would just, please. I. You don't like Lashonara? All right, well, make an exception. Please just tell me what it is. 
when you're fighting a battle against that type of, of Reichel, then a Reichel that's trying to fight a battle against that type of Reichel has to be equally equipped. He has to fight fire with fire. He has to be able, if you're going to undo the Mesapri Lashon Hara, if you're going to try to really vanquish the Eitzahara of Lashon Hara in the world, it has to be that the Reichel uses his own technology, his own brilliance, his own marketing, that he's taking the playbook from the Tzadhara, from the classical Reichel that's speaking and peddling his Lashon Hara. The Tzadha Taiv Reichel has to do the same. And I think that's what the Medrash here is saying, that Rabbi Yanai heard this peddler who's saying, Man who wants life? Meaning, he was also using his, his skill set as a peddler, but he was selling life, he wasn't selling death, he wasn't selling negativity, he wasn't selling destruction, he wasn't selling ruining people's reputations and their lives and their shidduchim. He was trying to find a way to convert people and take them away from that other tremendous force field of Lashonara and bring them back to the Tzadatayv. And he knew that he had to do it using the techniques of a Reichel. So he said, who wants to buy life? I want to buy life. You want to buy life. All right. He didn't say, who wants to be from? No, no one's interested in being from. Who wants to, uh, who wants to learn Helchas Lashonara with me? Nobody. But if you're able to market in a way that it's geschmack, that it's palatable, that it's interesting, who wants life? Everybody wants life. That's an easy sell. Okay? Rav Yane says, I want life. No, 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 you don't want life. You're, you're good. You're, you're, uh, this is not for you. It's not a product for you. You're not, you're not, as co- you're not my customer. You're not my, uh, no, 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 I, I, please, I want it. No, 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 it's okay. It's for our other people, not for you. Rav Yane says, get up here. <laughs> Come up here right now. I want to buy it. Comes up. So, okay, where is that? Where's the potion? Where's the product? Pulls out a saver, tell him. David HaMelech himself acted like this Reichel. David HaMelech could have written the Pasuk, you want to have Chaim He says, who wants life? Who wants life? And the Mepharshim say the Ksav Seifer, you look up an amazing Ksav Seifer, Ksav Seifer says that Dovin HaMelech wrote it in this way, you know why? Because Dovin HaMelech also posed this question to people like this Reichel did. Dovin HaMelech wasn't just being poetic when he wrote he didn't want to make it into a song. He was trying to be able to undo the power of the Mesapri Lashnara, those Reichlim that are so brilliant and so powerful and so able to market their wares in a way that everybody's buying into them. David HaMelech had to undo that, had to undermine that. And how did he do that? He asked a question, simple question. Who wants to buy life? Who's, anyone interested in life? I want life. I want life. Everybody wants life. Okay, no problem. You want life? I'll tell you how to get life. You don't have to buy a product. You don't have to go on the treadmill every day. You don't have to go on a special diet. Although those things are not a bad idea either. But I'll give you a simple idea how to get life. Nitzar l'shayn chameira. Just guard your tongue from speaking evil. You just have to stop yourself from talking lashonara and you got life. 
That's all you have to do. It's not you don't have to do a, you don't have to finish us. You don't have to dine with a lot of kavon. You just be sur meira. Just stay away from speaking lashnar. You got life with that alone. And Ravyane was amazed. Ravyane said, "You know what? I knew this pasuk. I knew all the mafarshim on the pasuk. I know there's an isur lashnar, but it never was put to me in such a geshmaka way before. Was, I never saw it as a as a product to buy." I never saw it as life itself. I never saw it as an open question that if I want to get life, all I have to do is speak is fast speaking Lashonara. I understood the other side, the other side of the Mesapri Lashonara, that was always Gishmak. I never saw that it could be Gishmak to be involved in also not speaking Lashonara. That I never hopped. I never was able to see that as being a product also that's of interest. And I think that's the Pshan in this Medrash that in order to really undo the scourge of Lashon Hara, which is so powerful, and it's so prominent, and it's so prevalent, in, even an hour from circles, even after all that's been said and done about Lashon Hara, and all the shirim, and all the classes, and all of the books, and all of the, we still find ourselves very often, Baruch Hashem, it's been a lot better, I think, but we still find ourselves speaking Lashon Hara. How could that be? Is there an underground movement of people that are eating McDonald's in yeshiva? Not that I know of. Is there an underground movement of people that are shaving with a razor in yeshiva? Chas v'shalom. But yet I think there's a lot of people, and I'll, you know, I don't think that I'm, I can't say that I'm innocent of it either, that occasionally, casually or uncasually, we will speak Lashnara. How could that be? It's one of the greatest isurim in the Torah. There is dozens of lavin and assays attached to it, as we all know. It's one of the worst things that caused Chorim by Yesheni. It's, it's, it's the greatest destroyer of lives, of reputations, of Shidduchim, of Parnasra, of, of Shalom Bayis. And yet we find ourselves speaking casually, Lashonara, like what in the world is going on? How could that be? The answer is that for some reason, the purveyors of Lashonara are very good at what they do. And if a guy in yeshiva comes over to me and says to me in a way that, you know, sounds really interesting, you know, did you hear about Chaim or do you know what happened by, uh, by the cones or do you know, uh, you know what this Rosh Hashiva just, uh, you know, I want to hear it. Let me hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Now, what do you mean let's, let's hear it? Would you say, you know, the answer is that, that the Reichel, the merchant of Lashon Hara, is very good at what he does and he's able to sell me a product. I'm, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a I'm a very happy consumer when it comes to Lashonara. It's Gishmat. I, I have a big taiva for it. And if you sell it to me, I'm going to buy it. Pure and simple. Says this Reichel to Rabbi the only way that we're going to combat such Madison Avenue, such consumerism, such marketing brilliance is by finding, by tapping into that brilliance, but with Saratayv. And we're going to have to find ways to lure people into the beauty of a life without Lashon Hara. And that's a real life. That's a life that's worth living. People that are not speaking Lashon Hara, they don't have a bad life. They're not, oh yeah, what's life worth? If you can't gossip, if you can't have a schmooze, can't have a bull session, then that's not Kishmak. I, I don't want to live such a life. No, no, no. You are, you, you're only saying that because you, were, you bought into 
the Reichel, the evil Reichel, that's telling you these things, that you need to hear gossip to have a normal life. You can't have a Shabbos table without Lashonara. Otherwise, what are you going to talk about all? Are you going to just be speaking to Vreitara the whole time? You're not that type of guy. The Reichel Hatayv, the good Reichel, teaches us that if we can only really sell to others and to ourselves the beauty of a life without Lashon Hara, we'll be able to make a seat change in the world. We're able to change the, uh, the given that is that, okay, I'm, I'm in Balmas Lashon Hara, do something to it. I can't help it. You can help it. It's just you have to buy into the other side. You have to listen to the sales pitch of the, of the Tzad HaTayv. And it has to be given over to you in a palatable geschmacka way. And you have to tell it to others that, no, 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 I could, I could live a life without Lashonara, and that's a beautiful life. That is life. And if we could do that, then that's the only way that we'll be able to undo the ravages of Lashonara that really sweeps throughout our, our communities. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible pandemic that's spreading throughout and always has and maybe, you know, always will unless we could stop it somehow. And the, and the Chavetz Chaim was one that tried very valiantly to stop it, and he did to a very large degree. The Chavetz Chaim wasn't Mechadish, the concept of Lashonara. Lashonara is in the Taira. The Taira has an Isser of Leiselech Rechab Mecha and many other Lavin of such. The Rambam speaks about it. The Shulchan Aruch speaks about Lashonara. What's the Chavetz Chaim? What did he come? He wasn't Mechadish, something new. But you know what the Chavetz Chaim did? He repackaged it. He made a safe ad. He says, no, there's a whole lumdus to Lashon Hara. It's not just like, oh, don't gossip. I'm going to give you a, a, a safe of Shmir Salashin. I'm going to give you a safe of Chavetz Chaim. I'm going to give you a safe of Bermaim Chaim. You're going to, there's a lumdus. There's a whole world of Lashon Hara, of how to understand it and how to undo it and how, and the Gaidala Isser and the Chavetz Chaim, it was a revolution that he made because that's what you need to do. In order to undo one tide, you have to make a new tide. You have to make a tidal wave of good. That's what the Chavetz Chaim did. The Chavetz Chaim showed us that if you want a good life, this is the only way to do it. You want life? Life is not speaking Lashon Hara, Arichas Yamin, but not just Arichas Yamin in the lengthy sense, but also in the qualitative sense. Your life is only a really good life if it's positive, if it's filled with goodness. If you're not a person that's Mesap Lashon Hara, then you could really enjoy life. A Shabbos table without, without, uh, without Lashon Hara is a beautiful Shabbos table. You, you bench and you feel, wow, that was a good Shabbos table. That was a good suda. If you have a suda and everyone's speaking Lashonara the whole meal, you feel at the end when you bench, you feel like, ugh, you know, my wife spent hundreds of dollars on, on the meats and the, the chillings and this and that. And, and for what? We ruined it. We destroyed it. I once took one of my kids to a, a chasna. His rabbi was making a chasna. So he invited his whole shear. It was like maybe when my oldest son was fourth, fifth grade, I think. And so I was, uh, I did... I drove my son and a couple of his friends to this chasna. It was in Borough Park. I went in a little bit. It was a very beautiful chasna, but not beautiful in the sense that, you know, it was a big smorg and a big, uh, and a 10-piece band and a this and a that. It was very simple. It was like probably the simplest chasna, one of the simplest chasna I was ever at. The whole smorg was potato kugel. It's all you got, piece of potato kugel. And the, the main was also maybe a little chicken on the plate, but very simple. There was a one-man band, 
but it was probably the nicest chasna. And I've been to million dollar chasnas, and I've been to this chasna. This chasna, I would go to, I'd go to, you know, one chasna like that over a hundred of the million dollar chasnas. Just a beautiful experience. You saw that you felt the simcha, you felt the kedusha, you felt the reality of, of, the, of the occasion. It wasn't fake, it wasn't phony, it wasn't full with a, you know, a whole string quartet and a, you know, and a, and a, and a million things to eat and to drink and then a bar. That's not, what a, that's not what a real simcha is. And we were sitting by the table, one of the tables, it was just random seating, there was no place guide, you sat wherever you were, and, and there were little cards, and I always had charata, I didn't steal one of the cards. I don't know if they were for people to take home or not. I think it was put out by, the, uh, by a gemach, I think it was a gemach card, but I loved what it said on it, and it said like this. It said... A simcha without Lashon Hara in your ears, when you have a simcha without Lashon Hara in your ears, the music is that much sweeter. And if you have a simcha without Lashon Hara in your mouth, the food is that much tastier. Please refrain from speaking Lashon Hara at the chasna. And I was like, wow, you know, it wasn't like a preachy thing. It wasn't like, you know, a hard sell. It was just a beautiful thing. It was just like genuinely asking the people at the chasna not to ruin my chasna with Lashon Hara. You're going to ruin the music. You're going to ruin the food because of your Lashon Hara. And that's really what it does. Isn't that brilliant marketing? It wasn't saying if you, it doesn't say if you speak Lashon Hara, you know, you're going to ruin the chasna. You're going to burn in Gehenna. You're going to, you know, you, you know, cursed be you. Arayish. It just says, do me a personal favor. Like, don't speak Lashon Har because if you speak Lashon Har, you think it's Kishmak, but really, you're not going to, the, the food is not going to taste good. The music is not. So, Hashem, what am I doing this chasnam for? I made a chasnam for you to speak Lashon Har by the tables? That's a Reichel Hatayv. That's the good Reichel. That's brilliance. And the more that we're able to understand this and impress upon ourselves, our communities, our families, not in a preachy way, not, oh, you're speaking Lashonara, Lashonara, Lamine, go to Ganem the easy way. That's the worst thing. That's the worst thing. To, that's the worst way to pitch Lashonara. That's the worst. I don't want to equate Lashonara with Gehenim. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. The Reichel Atayv taught Rav lesson. That's not the way to do it. Repackage it. Resell it. As a product that you want to buy. I want a life like that. That's what I want. I want to make a chasna that with beautiful music, with beautiful... I want a life with beautiful music. I want a life with beautiful food, with delicious food. But you know what? I'm realizing that when I speak Lashonara, suddenly everything becomes nasty. Everything becomes sullied and dirty and disgusting. I don't want to be in a world like that. That's not the world that I want to live in. It seems geschmack when we're speaking Lashonara at the time, but how do we feel after that? It's like junk food. It, it tastes good going down, but then afterwards you feel like... Ugh. You know, I'm sick from that. I had a whole bag of potato chips. What was I thinking? The Reichel HaTayv sells you something that's delicious, that's beautiful. That's how you sell Lashon Hara. That's a Reichel. A Reichel takes the playbook from the Reichel HaRa, who knows exactly what he's doing, and repackages and sells it in a beautiful manner. And you know, Baruch Hashem, we're living in times that people get this. There are many organizations 
that have repackaged Lashon Hara in a positive way in our generation, like the Chavetz Chaim did. There's something called the Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation. What do they do? They're brilliant. They basically make Svarim like a lesson a day. Lesson a day. It's Geschmack every day. You take a page of a short page, and they have nice stories. They have nice uh, Mishalim. And you get one Yediyah in Hilchas Lashon Hara, and that's it. You put the book away for the rest of the day, put it back in your, in your desk or whatever, and, and you're good to go for the day. But it's not like here's a whole Sefer Lashon Hara, boom, and like, you know, and try to get through it. No, no, less than a day. And then on Tisha B'Av, they have these videos with great speakers and great uh, graphics, and, you know, they have constant every week you could sign up for something, a lesson for Shabbos, something to take into the Shabbos table, a lesson about Lashon Hara or how beautiful life is. They get it. There are people in this generation that get it. They're using all the powers of the Reichel, of marketing, of Madison Avenue. They're using a Litzar with the most beautiful of illustrations and graphics and stories and speakers in order to, not to tell you how bad Lashon Hara is. That never works. To tell you how good a life is without Lashon Hara. That is rarely tried, but when, it tri- when it's tried properly, it should be very successful. When I'm told something is bad, you know something, I want it more in a way. It doesn't work always to say, you know, don't watch uh, schmutz on TV, that's very bad, you're going to burn. That doesn't work, that makes me really, in a sense, really, it's, it's that bad, let me see it. You know, don't smoke, don't take drugs, really? What do kids say when they say, don't do something, they want to try it. But let's say you can impress on somebody that if you, if you, if you, if you, if you're able to stop yourself from smoking, how your life is going to be so geschmack. You're going to have more friends. Nobody wants to be around a guy that's smoking. Smoking, you reek if you smoke, and you and and you you obviously don't care about your health, and your lungs are going to look like this, and you know. But if you if you stop, you're going to be like popular. People are going to love you. That might sell me on not smoking. And if you tell me that, don't like stay away from watching certain types of schmutz because it's bad. Oh, I like bad. Bad is good. No, no, no. If you don't, then you know how holy you'll feel. You know how your first Seder is going to be tomorrow morning if tonight you don't look at that? You know how good you're going to feel by davening if you're able to come this close to giving into Yetzirah, but you fought it and you succeeded, you vanquished Yetzirah. You're going to feel like a million bucks. If you feel, if that's the the fix in your brain, that's going to work. Or that has a, a very good chance of working. Just if people are saying, no, 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 don't do that, really? No, okay, I want to do it. But if, if I'm sold on an idea, on a movement, on a, on, a, on a sea change of life, that my life, who wants real life? You want real life? You want a gishmaka life? I want a gishmaka life. Okay, no problem. Just stop seeing Lashnara. Your life is going to be amazing then I might buy into it. That's the only way that we could stop this avalanche of Lashon Hara that pervades everything around us. It's impossible sometimes to go anywhere and avoid people speaking Lashon Hara at a Shabbos table, at a Yantiv table, inside a sukkah, in, a, you know, in, in the base medrash, out of the base medrash, by a, uh, wherever. Like, I'm, I'm in a room, I, my roommates are always speaking, how do I stop this? And I want to I, I wanna be part of the Hevra. What do I do? The only way to do it is to realize the beauty of life and to sell it to everybody around that life is geschmack. But it's only geschmack if you avoid 
Lashon It's not Kishmak like the other Reichel is telling you because you're speaking Lashon Ara. That's what makes you feel dirty and disgusting and, and, and fair with life. But when you start cleaning up your act and you start like really like guarding your tongue and making sure that you're not speaking Lashonara, not in a preachy way, but just this is what I want to do. I want to be macabre on myself, a life without Lashonara. I want to just clean it up. Now suddenly people are, you know, you see like you're, the, the music is taka sweeter. The food tastes better because I've, I'm so proud of myself. I feel good. I feel healthy. I feel wholesome. I feel like, you know, everything is really, really going well for me now because I have Hashem on my side and my mouth is pure and my ears are clean and life is good. And when you feel that way and you sell that healthy lifestyle to other people in a positive way, that's what the Reichel did to Rabbi and that is the most effective, perhaps the only way of being able to actually make a change in our life and our world. And this is our job in order to do our mission, be our ambassadors of the Chavetz Chaim, is to, first of all, ourselves realize this, and then tell everyone around, tell the whole world, not just read that passage, but do what David HaMelech did. Ask people, do you want a Gishmak life? Of course I want a Gishmak life. You want a happy marriage? Yes. Do you want to have a, you know, good relationships with people? Of course. Do you want a good family life? Yes. What do I do? How do I do it? Do I have to see a, a psychologist and go to, you know, read a lot of self-help books? Do I have to, you know, go, uh, go on some retreats with, uh, with, with, with people that are, you know, to figure all this stuff out? No. It's so much simpler than that. Just stop talking Lashonara. Shut your mouth. Only speak positive. Speaking positive doesn't mean that you're a hermit and you can't... There's a lot of positive things to talk about. There's a lot of stories of G'dayim that you could say. There's stories of regular people that you could say. There's different Torah. There's mirrors. There's, there's just spending time just talking about just good things, ideas, dreams that you have, aspirations. There's so much to talk about. That's how you have a good life. You want a good life. You want to look back at your life when you're 90, 100 years old and say that was a, a life worth living. Clean up your act now. Make sure that you're getting Lashnar, Rechilos, Maitishemra, Sheker, Chazav, all of that out of your vocabulary and you'll see that life is so good. That's the way to change. That's the only way to change. Not by telling you how bad it is to speak Lashnara. It is very bad. It's terrible. But that alone, for some reason, I don't know why, but it doesn't work because we buy in to the Yitzhar every single time. But the Yitzhar Ataiv hops away that plan, that game plan of the Yitzhar by only one way, by telling you that this is a positive. By not speaking Lashonara, your life will be amazingly good. And when you listen to that and you understand the truth of that and then you spread it yourself, then and only then can we positively affect the entire world. And amidst Hashem, one person at a time, we will be able to save the world by stopping the scourge of Lashonara in its tracks. Amitz Hashem. Have a beautiful Shabbos.